first step is to translate the word. Usually people translate the word ribbis, the Torah prohibits, prohibits taking the ribbis on a loan as interest. And the problem with that, that's a bad translation. Because usually people think of the word interest, they think of it as something which accrues over a period of time. Ribbis is also, it's prohibited even if it's a one time payment. Person lends a lends hundred dollars. They should pay, pay, pay back hundred and ten. So it's not, it's not interest in that sense. But it's going to be the word ribus just means it's an increase. Much of the increases. Torah prohibits lending money in such a way that you get more money back. So that's the issue of ribus. Does it take into account um, inflation? <laughs> Maybe that's um, a modern concept, but just actually, Chazal deal with Chazal dealt with inflation. Um, and yeah, we'll see. Maybe. I don't have time to get to it. Okay. So what's fascinating about this of, 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 of the prohibition of ribbis is that it applies both to the lender and to the borrower. We would say, you know, it's you, you, Mr. Lender, you should not be lending money uh, for, for interest. But the, the, the person who's receiving it, I forgot to get them sliced, I'm sorry. I took care of it this time, and I'm not Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Danziger. Okay. Um, so, the Torah puts the prohibition on the, the Malva and on the Lova, the, lend, the, the lender and the borrower. The Torah puts the prohibition on the witnesses. The Torah puts the prohibition on the person who draws up the document, documents, a lawyer, a secretary. The person puts prohibition on a broker, a person who brokers such a loan. A salesman who arranged such a thing. All these things, the Torah prohibits all of that. So it's quite intense. The Gemara says that a uh, person who lends money for ribbis, a simple reason means on a regular basis, this is what he does. So uh, he will not he will not be one of the people which is going to uh, the, the time of the resurrection of the dead. He will not be resurrected. He will stay. Famous star with the Kibager. And there's a person in the city of Posen where Kibager was the rub. Who this person lent money for ribbis to the Jews. And uh, he was very connected to the government, etc. They didn't feel that they really had too much reason for it against him. When he passed away, the Hebrew Kedisha decided they're going to get even on the family. They charged, it, they, they wanted to charge an exorbitant sum for the burial. So the family got all upset and they went to the governor. And the governor called in the rabbi as the representative of the city, like, you know, this is, this is, this is taking advantage of a dead person, you can't do that. He says, uh, Your Honor, it's very simple. Uh, when a person, we believe in the resurrection of the dead, so a person gets a burial plot, it's only really a rental. So, because I can say that forever, so you pay X amount the money. But this individual, since he left money for, with, with ribbis, he's bu- buying the plot forever, so it's more expensive. <laughs> okay, so, so it's pretty intense, this, this prohibition is pretty intense. Now we have to clarify the word loan. So in, in the definition of the word loan, in the in Lashon HaKadosh, we have two words for lending and borrowing. We have the word Kalvoa and the word She'elo. I'm a shoyal, I borrow something. I'm a loan if I borrow something. So what's the difference between the two? So the difference between the two is, if I'm a shoyal, it means I borrow something to use with intent to return it. I borrow your car, I'm going to give back your car. I borrow money, I don't give back the same money, I spend the money, I give back different money. I borrow eggs, I give back different eggs. So the, that's called a halvoa. A shale is when I 
borrow something to give back the same item. Avoh is when I borrow something, I give back, I consume it, I use it, and I give back something else in its stead. The, pro- the prohibition of rib is 99.9% of the cases only applies at a terror level to a case of a halva, something which is used and consumed, and then something else is given in its stead. It doesn't only apply to money, it applies to items as well. So if I would lend you five eggs in the condition you give me back six eggs, the person asks them, you know, I need five eggs. He says, you know what, I really don't like giving you eggs. I don't like you too much. I'll give you five eggs. And if this, you give me back six eggs, he'd be over a Torah prohibition of lending eggs. Beribis. So it's not only uh, by money. Is it about just intention? Like, what if the other guy decided, like, I'll give you back five, but I'll, extra, I'll add an extra one because I'm... Uh, so, so now, so on a Torah level, it's a good question. On a Torah level, as opposed to rabbinic prohibition, on a Torah level, the prohibition of ribbons is only if the arrangement was made up front. So I'm letting you on this, on this understanding that if, if there is no extra payment required and the person of his own volition gave the extra payment, that's not a Torah prohibition, that's a rabbinic prohibition. Uh, but it is also in Rabbonim. Um, like and that arrangement has to be made, I'm sorry? Like Sheva Purta or anything? Like, is it not any Um Actually, actually, I'm not. Uh, less than a proof. This seems to be us. Or also, I'm not sure if it's it's it's, it's me to rice Because I know people have gotten upset with me when I'm like, no, here's a penny back. Like, you know, like, like it's like I bought a box of matzah for somebody in Baltimore. They want a certain type of matzah, and I was like, yeah, it's, it's 14.99, so he gave me 15. And then I like went after him to give him a penny, but I wasn't sure. But, Okay, so that's a, that wasn't really a loan because the well, we'll, we'll, we'll probably not gonna get that case. But the, okay, now this the Torah level prohibition is only if the arrangement was made at the time of the loan, or let's say the loan is due by a certain time and he comes and says, you know, I can't pay right now. He says, you know what, I'll extend the, the period of the loan, but on the condition that you pay me extra payments. So, according to the rivet and many of us can follow the river, that that would also be a, a Torah prohibition. Um, the Torah puts an issue of, of arranging for this payment, even if the person ever pays it. So this is a common issue you have. Let's say you have a, owner, a person owns a home, and uh, he rents it out. To, to, he rents out his apartment to somebody, whatever it is. And in the rental agreement, there is a statement: if you don't pay your pay it a certain time money which is due, you'll have to pay extra. So I'm charging you extra for the fact that, that there's money which is due, which is being waited upon. And that's what the ribbons really is. Money which is being waited upon. So that's also to have that clause in your in your document. Even if you never pay it. Now if it's a Torah prohibition of ribbis, that's an issue that's also. If it's rabbinic ribbis, so it could be it's permitted. Um, if, it, if you never pay it. We'll see some definitions of that still. Um, Meaning you can't find people for being late on their rent. Uh, so now, uh, just we'll get to that. So the last point to be here about ribbis, the more says the definition of ribbis is akarnotza, which means the extra payment is because of the fact that you're waiting. In other words, there has to be a time lapse. I give you, if I give you upfront, I give you hundred dollars, you give me hundred ten. Whatever reason, I'm, 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 well, I'm, we're, we're, we agreed to this type of an exchange. That's not ribbis, because there was no loan. So there has to be a time lapse between the, pay, the, the original give, the, the original transfer and the, and the payment later on. 
and I'm charging you because of the fact that my money is not available. Now, to, to understand that, you have to realize that, that really ribis is to be understood. Really, ribis is to be understood as rental for money. That's what ribis is. It's not, it's not any different than I'm, I'm, I can. I, when I rent your car, I can charge. I can. And you're charging me for keeping my car. Right? You're charging me for keeping your car. So I'm using your car. I'm going to pay for it. So over here, I'm using your money. I should pay for it. That's exactly what the Torah prohibited. But if there's no rental, in the sense that I'm not paying for the usage because there was no time for usage. Immediate, there was immediate. So the, the Torah did not prohibit that. Now, why a person would agree to that is, in most cases, the person would not agree to that anyway. But same, just on a, on a conceptual level, that's important. So the more that takes that concept that says, once that's the rule, we can apply that to other areas, other areas as well, but only in the condition that there is, there is this, this such a situation. So let's go to, to a case of a, of a rental of a home. The rental of a home, the payment is not for the the, the the payment of the rental is not for the. It's something which is intact. It's not something which is consumed. So that's not prohibited at all. So the rental is permitted. The money is due by a certain time. I say, you know, if you don't pay by a certain point, you you can you, I'm going to charge you a penalty. So uh, something which would be a case where it was given as a loan, that that would be an issue of the rice. Our prohibition, but since it wasn't a loan, it was done as a valid bona fide type of a rental for a, to use an item. The halacha is the chachamim did not prohibit it if it's a one-time penalty, but if it, if it accrues interest, they did. So you know what? If you pay past the fiftieth of the month, this is the cost. Okay, that's the cost. You add add a twenty five dollar late fee, or add two percent, whatever it is. But we say for every ten days, there there you do not pay. The, the there's a, the, the the money increases, etc. Whether you call it a whether you give it as a percentage or you give it as a set amount, if you pay late, it's, it's you know it's twenty five dollars. And then ten days, ten days later, it's another twenty five dollars, etc., etc., etc. That would be also made up on it. Okay. Now, the came along and they answered on the uh, on a rabbinic level, ribis, which is given back payment. There was no seats at the beginning. There was no arrangement at the beginning. The person gives it back at the time of the payments, um, or any time during the duration of the loan. If I would give you money, that so that would be problematic. On a tar level, it's only it's a case of a loan. What about a case where there was ribis involved in a sale? So that's not a tar level that's, that's prohibited rabbinically, again, with some, with some exceptions. exceptions. Um, the, the Chalmim came along and prohibited um, saw So this is this is the inflation question. So the, the Gemara makes a defini- definitional statement that money does not does not inflate. I, the merchandise items fluctuate in value. Money stays stable. That's a halachic assumption. The money stays stable, and what changed was the value of items. So now we can have theoretically the following situation: I lend, I, I borrow from you. Uh, I'm a farmer and I'm running low on seed. I want, I want it's time for the planting. So I go to my neighbor and says, "Listen, can you give me five bags of seed, uh, whatever the size of the bags was?" 
gallon bags of seed, you know, so it's five for those, those bags. He says, no problem. And I'll pay you back at the end of the season, five bags of seed. So now really, at a Torah level, this was, it was a loan because it was consumed. But there's no rivers arranged because I'm not, I'm not paying you back extra. But rabbinically, it's prohibited because the value of the seeds might change. And it's, poss- it's potentially possible that by the end of the season, when I give more. those seeds back, they'll be worth more. So that's prohibited. So money to money, well, sorry, I've lent you $100, how can you make $100? The value of the $100 change. The assumption is that money doesn't change. So we don't say, well, maybe the I, I, my, my country the, the, the right now is in a phenomenally good state, and the value of the, the, the currency is getting stronger, which means it buys more goods. So wow! So I lend you hundred dollars, get back hundred dollars. This is how much made money, right? That's not that's not true. The law says that hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of hundreds. But that's only the true local currency. But a foreign currency is considered to be dealt with a halacha is equivalent of payers, uh, um, equivalent of uh, merchandise which is consumed. So if, if I'm an American, I want to lend you. I said, you know what? I'm going to Israel. Can you lend me? I just want to have some some money in my pocket when I get there. Some Israeli money. I know you have some from your last trip. See, no, no, I like having. I'm going back again soon. I want to have my pocket. Said, no, no problem. I'll borrow a hundred shekel for you over here. I'll bring, I'll bring you back a hundred shekel. So I'm in America borrowing hundred shekels to pay back in America hundred shekels. So that would be awesome because the value of the shekel might change right? um, and become more valuable vis-a-vis the, the, the dollar. The post can have a fascinating question: Is what is the status of the dollar in Israel? Because. Um, Nowadays, most folks can hold it's a problem. Borrowing of dollars is a problem. Whereas, uh, once upon a time, the the uh, I grew up with a kid. The, the lira still existed. Right? The lira was so bad that almost everybody did business in, do- in dollars. Mm-hmm. The question being, maybe that the dollar was the true currency of the country, and the lira was was not. Um, that they actually discussed this issue, what the status of a dollar is. But nowadays, it's, the, the shekel has become strong enough that dollars considered definitely considered an outside. Um, a common case where you have these, the, a few common cases of ribbons which people don't think about um, is uh, I, I return an item. So returning an item is a fascinating thing. When I return an item, because there was some problem, that we, or, or because we, we Halacha considers that the sale was was not was uh, was annulled. Uh, it was voided. But you, if you used it yourself. So so what so what happened? Ruvain went to the store and bought a car. Right? Bought a car. Gave ten thousand dollars to Shimon who owns his used cars dealership. So Ruben gave Shimon ten thousand dollars for a car. A month later, Ruben says, you know what? I'm not happy with the car. I'm going to give the car back. I want my $10,000 back. So Shimon says, no problem. So he gets, so it comes out. There was never a sale. So the says that, that this money now was a loan. There was no sale. The money was, I was using your money. I'm using your money. I'm using it under the under the vehicle of a loan. So I, Ruben lent Shimon $10,000. Ruben got back $10,000 and, and I used it to have a car for a month. So that's a problem in a law. You can't do that. So the right way to do it is to make it as, not as avoiding the original sale, but rather having it as a second sale in another direction. So 
So Reuben says, listen, I have a car, I'd like to sell you for $10,000. Oh, yeah, I'll buy a car for $10,000. Now, the problem with that, at a practical level, is if it's two sales, you have to pay sales tax twice. And you have to, you know, there's, there's legal... You know, the, 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 if it's true, there are legal requirements and legal implications of a, se- of a second sale as opposed to a first sale. So can you split the halakhic status and the legal status of it? It's very, 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 very murky to be able to do that. Theoretically, what should happen is he should give back some of the, he should diminish some of the money because of the had usage. Um, so that's that's, a, that's you know, a common issue. You buy you buy merchandise from a Jewish merchant and you want to return it. You, if you if it was something which is food, you didn't use it. So fine, you get nothing out of it. But if it, was, if it was something which could be used, you have this issue. Uh, the company came along and said there's a problem with uh, two prices: a cash, a cash and credit price. So cash and credit price. It says what I'm saying is the problem. I'm saying, listen, if you pay me cash, which I have the money right now. This is the price, is $10. If I have to wait for my money, so there, that, there's that word, I'm waiting for my money. Oh, I'm waiting for your money, the price goes up. So the credit price, now if I'm charging you extra because I'm using a credit card and the company charges me a fee and I want to cover my costs of my fee, that's fine. I'm not charging because of the waiting, because even if you give me the money half an hour from now, well, I'm not waiting for anything, I would still charge it extra. So that's why this word argonautum becomes, the fact that they were waiting for the payment becomes the determinative in the halacha. But if the reason why I'm saying, oh, well, you want me to wait for the money, I give it to you in credit, means I'm waiting for the money, I, I, I want to get extra money because of that. Oh, that's exactly what, what is also to do. So that's a case like that. The the flip side of that is, let's say, let's say I want to do a pre, pre-publication price. So I give you money up front, and I receive nothing in return. So there's no sale yet, because I, I, couldn't, I didn't buy anything. So the payment is not a payment. It's not a payment, because it's not, right now it's a loan. Well, since you're nice enough to give me the money up front and wait to receive your item in return, I'll give you a discount. So really the price is $10. If you gave me the money up front, I'm giving it to you for eight. What am I saying? Since you let me $8, I'm going to give you down the road something which is worth 10 so that's also the publication price would be problem, problematic. Now you find many Jewish uh, magazines, etc., have such things, and uh, there's ways of doing it which would be permitted. But a person has to be aware that's potentially a problem. Okay. That's a question about like a mortgage. Like, how do you have like a mortgage lender? It's like they're if, if you're getting the loan. I mean, I guess normally you get the loan from a bank or something, but um, if you get the loan from a mortgage company and you're paying back. Same entity, and it's like principal and interest. So that would be that would, that'd be that would be Mr. Rice. Um, there's something called Hetarisco, which yeah. which we're not going to get to in, the, in, in, in this year how Hetarisco works. Um, not, not enough time to do that. Um, one last case which people are not aware of that here's a fascinating concept in, the, in, in how Halakha looks at something. So. Um, there's a case in Allah where there's we have a guarantor which replaces the actual borrower, borrower, borrower. So let's say I, you go to the store and you say you have bad credit, you have a credit card. I say, you know what? Don't worry. Here, I'll give you the credit card. You go to the store and you'll pay the monthly fee. Now the credit card company is extending the credits. I'm 
the person on the account. So even though really you borrowed the money, as far as they're concerned, I borrowed the money. So Allah recognizes that. Since even though I'm quote unquote the guarantor on it, but since I replaced you in the sense that I'm going to be the one that who comes over responsible, it's as if I borrowed the money. So what happens is in Allah is the following. You go to the store, large purchase, let's say a thousand dollar purchase. The credit company is laying out a thousand dollars to me, but you got it. So how did that happen? Because it's considered as if they gave it to me and I gave it to you. I lent you a thousand dollars. So now you owe me a thousand dollars. So I said, you know what? Do me a favor. Instead of paying me a thousand dollars, pay the credit card company a thousand dollars. Okay, no problem. But let's say you do it over a period of months. So what am I saying? If you don't pay me the thousand dollars right away, I'm going to charge you a fee. And the way you're going to pay it to me is by giving it to the credit card company. So that's where Mr. Rice. So I will lend something to my credit card, and they will use my credit card, and then pay the payment directly to the credit card company. They never, I never touch the money in either direction. It's considered as if I receive the money, lent it to you, you're paying me back by giving it to him, and I'm charging you extra because I lent you $1,000, and I'm charging you this monthly extra interest. So that would be interesting to write some. People are not aware of that. That's a very, that's a, that's a common problem. So that's, uh, those are some of the common problems which are out there in the world of ribbons. Okay.